Welcome to this episode of A Pastor and a Rabbi Walk Into a Bar. I'm Sean Hennessy, pastor of Life Church in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I'm accompanied, as always, by my friend and brother and my rabbi and yours, Matthew Rosenberg. Now I'm going to have to do it like that because I did that like that. That's it, and it's it. Yeah. When I went to Ethiopia for the first time, I was introduced to a group of pastors as Rabbi Matthew Rosenberg. <laughs> but uh, whatever happened to your pseudonym, Matthew Asher? Asher. What is that about? That's that my middle name. Really? Yeah. It's a cool middle name. Matthew Asher means, in Hebrew, means God's gift of happiness. Oh. <gasps> No wonder you're the happy rabbi. Boom. Bingo. Yeah. As our when, friend Barry Edgman would say, bingo, bingo bongo, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When uh, my mom was pregnant with me, a, a lady who was a bit of a prophetess in the uh, Foursquare Church uh-huh. came up and put her hands on my mom's belly and said, this is going to be a happy child. And the uh, pastor was preaching through the 12 tribes of Israel, which Asher is one. And they were like, hmm, happiness. You don't hear a lot of people that That's are named story. that name, though. Like, maybe you do in your... Asher's community, but pretty I really like popular it. for Jews. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm Irish, so I don't know a lot of Irish Yeah, you don't know a lot of Asher's. Asher O'Connor. But you do know a lot of Sean's. Yeah, I do. I do know, but they're spelled with the S-E-A-N. Yeah, why is that? I don't know. And how did you get a W? I was watching a movie... The other day on Amazon Prime Video. And you know, if you hit pause, you know, like the little thing comes up that Ad. tells you all the people that yep. are in it. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the guy's name, not his character, his mm. name was Danny Boy O'Connor. And I was like, you could Like officially boy was in his name? Was literally Is it one in word? His name. Danny Boy? Danny Boy O'Connor. Oh, Danny Boy. And I was like, oh. And his name was, his name was Fish in the show. <laughs> Oh, it's this big break. It's Danny me, boy. It's me boy, Danny boy. He's in, he plays the fish. Right. Uh, now, suddenly I just sounded Yeah. Y- you went That's somewhere so, else. I had a great one going there. You went somewhere else. I did. All right. Here's our bro. Bro. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know that the filling in Kit Kats is made from damaged Kit Kats? Hold on. Come on. The folks Say at, that again. The folks at Kit Kat Factory sure know how to recycle. Whenever a Kit Kat bar is made imperfect during production, like air bubbles or some other issue, how many Kit Kat issues could there be? Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. The chocolate bar isn't thrown out. Instead, they ground it up into fine paste. And a turn it, paste it into is. a filling that then is incorporated back into the production to process and create new Kit Kat bars. Kit Kats are filled with Kit Kats. That uh, something about that feels it feels immoral. wrong. Immoral. <laughs> We'd like to thank our sponsor, Kit Kat. <laughs> Kit Kat filled with Kit, Kit Kats. Kat. That's ugh. It would be weird if it was like filled with Snickers. You better watch your mouth right now. But that's a good idea. A ki- a, could you call it a, a snick cat kicker or a <laughs> snick cat? <laughs> that no. is a. I'm more of a sour patch a, kid. I'm ugh. more of a sour patch kid How guy. How dare you? Are you four? I don't really like 
chocolate. Are you a chocolate guy? I don't think we could be friends anymore. Are you a chocolate guy? Oh, yeah. All about milk, the chocolates? Milk chocolate, though. Not the dark. I hate dark chocolate. Dark chocolate tastes like sandpaper. Yeah, you know, I was on a, uh, on like uh Don't ask me how I know what sandpaper like tastes like. An Atkins type thing there for a while. And yeah. like, and you could have the occasional piece of very dark cho- I'm talking about like dark. Yeah. Like cocoa. Yeah. Chocolate. Well, I don't even and, like coffee. But, but then I discovered like that Hershey's yeah. made a dark chocolate bar. And it did, and so I was eating those, and then found out that it didn't count. And so oh. it's called the Hershey Special Dark. Right? But, oh yeah, I what love are Hershey chocolate. squirts made of? Uh, <laughs> the insides of Kit Kats, maybe. First, when you said that, you caught me off guard because I was like, "Is he talking?" I think he's talking about Hershey Kisses. But then I was like, "Ugh, that's so gross that you're talking about bodily functions in the middle of a." Have you ever done the podcast. Hershey tour at? Oh, yeah. uh, in Hershey, I took a bath in Hershey. Took a yeah. You can take a chocolate down. bath. No, it you can't. Inappropriate. At the Hershey it sounds Park. As in a, sounds as in a, no at the Hershey factory. <laughs> I'm talking about the Hershey fact. You take the tour, you do the thing. Yeah. You, they give you a fresh kiss right off the line. I'd like, and you can fresh get a kiss. You can get a. Uh, if you go to the spa and they have a chocolate bath in the There's spa. There's a Hershey spa. Oh yeah, baby. What? You swim in the chocolate? It's like a tub filled with chocolate. I feel like that's a nightmare. I think that's the part that they put inside Kit Kats. That's like a Doctor Strange movie. The part that I bathed in bathing in yeah chocolate that's an interesting did you know you've had some good bro did you knows and i like that because i love kit kats here's what i yeah. don't love kit kats i don't are good. love that they I mess rock with a it kit kat. why all the flavors why is it when something's super good you feel like you have to do something else with right. that so like oreo flavored kit kats mm, gross i did bring back uh they don't go together a collection of kit kats from japan for aubrey my yeah. daughter aubrey because she really like at the time she doesn't eat chocolate now because she's a teenage girl right and so she's worried about i feel like teenage girls do eat chocolate she's worried about her image and right so she's kind of cut that out right. uh it'll but, come back but i brought her back a whole diff like a pile of these different kit kats that it was like all these different flavors and they were different colors and they were they had like pink Kit Kats and they had oh. like green. Are they different Kit flavors? Kats. Oh yeah, they're all different. Mm. And she didn't like any of them. <laughs> Just give me the classic. Kit- now they have Kit Kat Dark. I would choose. Which is I, good I'm for like you. a Sour Patch Kids, Mike and Ike. Oh yeah, my uh, Red like Hot Mike and Ike. Come on, I like the Red Hots, and I like to take the Red Hots and I like to put them between my like rape. Uh, I my thought gums. you were gonna say between your toes. My gums. <laughs> no. <laughs> between my lip and my gums where it's like like I'm chewing tobacco but it's just that hot or do, did you remember you're, maybe you're not old enough for this but the hot cinnamon uh, toothpicks Ooh, oh I, use a lot I remember man. candy cigarettes hello remember those hello and they, they like blow a little they smoke they were Popeye Popeye candy cigarettes yeah. they're delicious yeah they tasted like I don't know if they were delicious oh, they I tasted like them. chalk they, I loved them you like that, chalk? and I loved the gum out you would, of. You would like chalk. I loved the gum out of uh, baseball cards. Was yeah, like, but it lost its flavor in like half right a second, away. literally. Yeah, and you it put was, in your mouth. You're like, this is delicious, and it was like putting glass in your mouth. Bro. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, so uh, on to a more serious topic because yes. some of our some of our our topics are are really fun. They're loose, uh, but. 
uh, I really felt like as I prayed about what we want to talk about in some of these episodes that the Lord really <laughs> kind of dropped some real serious stuff. Mm-hmm. And and one of those is our our topic today, and it's abuse by people in power. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing. I don't know that we're seeing an increased amount of that. I think we're seeing an increased revelation of that. Oh. There's certain groups yeah. within the church world that we've been hearing about it behind the scenes yeah. our high, whole lives. High profile. Right. But now it's like, whether that be with social media or or the internet, you're just hearing about it more. But And I mean, it's not just religious leaders. I think we're seeing it. Among politicians, I mean, and I, I, I'm not a very political person. First of all, I'm not even allowed to vote in America. I am a, still illegally a Canadian citizen. So I'm not allowed to vote in U.S. elections. But I'm also not allowed to vote in Canadian elections because I'm a U.S. resident. Oh. So I'm kind of. It's kind of sweet. Yeah. I'd like, like to this, not be allowed to Sweden vote. The of of voting. But I do I do pay Sweden attention to voting. what happens, right? And I so like I'm not also that's where chocolate comes from. Yes. So I'd say I'm not a Republican or a Democrat mm. or whatever. But I Swiss. would say I was Jeez. stunned as you hear about some of the stuff that came out about certain presidents, let's say. Right. Shocking. Right. The amount of Power that they abused, particularly, and when I say like abuse by people in power, the presidents of the United States you're thinking about, yes, the thing that pops into my mind obviously is sexual abuse. That there's there is a lot of that in in uh, people of power. Like I mean, you have Paul, Paul, like I said, politicians. um, There's a new kind of tell-all book that's come out about. Um, the last few months of Marilyn Monroe's life hmm. that apparently they haven't released what the like jaw dropping information is, but there's apparently some stuff in there that's very like, whoa, that people are going to be stunned by it. Of course, in Hollywood with everything that went on with the Weinstein thing where you go, hey, man, if you want this role, I don't know if you've ever watched the show, yeah. The Morning Show on Apple yes. Plus, but like that was like right away in that. Tough. It was this. Was it the morning? No, it wasn't the morning show. It was yes, the morning yeah, show yeah, yeah, was yeah. that, but also the uh, the movie. Yeah, th- that had the blonde. The morning show is based on Matt Lauer from the Today Show. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, I but, mean, but one of them was about the guy not, but... who who was in charge at Fox. It was right. a movie. It was called Bombshell. Bombshell. Yeah, it was just like that whole thing. I was my. I couldn't believe that was a true story. That this guy's like, well, if you want to get on air, yeah. You know, uh, and and of course we see it in the religious world. You know, m- more recently with Hillsong and everything that, I mean, it felt like we just were getting past constantly talking about Carl Lentz, right? When now suddenly we're talking about and Bill Hybels. But yeah, we we high profile people. It's interesting because there, there's like when the when the Brian Houston thing came out um, and anybody who knows me knows that this is very outside of my character to name people by name. That's why you hang out thing. with me. I'll name them. Right. And yeah. then you... Here's the thing, man. You want to do the crime, you got to do the time, player. Like if you want to... Yeah. There's certain things that I go, like, like this is just... I got daughters, man. Like I just watched this thing. Sonny just sent me this this link to this guy who did this. 
like he got up and he, and I can't say like he feigned a confession because he seemed very heartfelt and he did his message and the video shows like he did his, he did his altar call and people got saved. And then at the end of the altar call, he was like, oh, you know, I got to, I've got to make a confession 20 years ago. I had an affair. There's not been another person, but uh, it was sinful and I'm not going to try to use scripture to defend myself, blah, blah, blah. And he was very emotional and it was very heartfelt and by the end of it, like he was like, I'm just asking that you forgive me. I'm going to obviously, I'm stepping away from this ministry. And when he was done, he kind of walked off the stage and his, his congregation applauded him. We love you, pastor. And as he's walking off the stage, it almost looked like it was planned, but obviously it wasn't. A young couple walks up on stage. And they begin to talk about, this was not adultery. He sexually abused me. I was 16 years old. He took, And she begins to address the pastor. Yeah. Do you remember when I was 16 years old and you took my virginity on your office floor? I remember that. Do you remember? And she said, I could tell story after story of the abuse that you put me through and that she wanted to tell people, but that there wasn't a atmosphere that she felt like she could come forward in. And that's the thing that to me, when I look at people like I got, like she said that the girl was 16 when he, when he first went, he took her virginity and like my daughter is 17. And I'm going to tell you right now, there, there are a lot of things that I can let go. Uh, and anybody who knows me knows I ha I mean, I didn't get saved till late in the game. I, there's, there's one thing that'll take me back old school and you mess with my daughter man, I'm, I'm going to have to lay hands on you in the non-Jesus way. Like, uh, and I go, what in the hell makes us think that we can abuse our position? Not as like, like you and I haven't done this, obviously. It is like, it's like, it's sickening to me. Like there's certain, there's certain crimes. I think people like, uh, and, and I know that in another episode, we talked about uh, the massacre in Texas. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to my son, Isaiah, about it. And and I said, initially, my first thought was, he's in Texas. I hope they still got the death penalty. I said that to Isaiah. And then I said, no, hold up. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Here's what I think. I think they should take that fool and they should put him in the worst wing of the prison they got. Take him to the grimiest, crumbliest, dirtiest, sweatiest, no heat, heat, no air, and tell the most violent offenders that they got that this guy hurt kids and then push him in. Yikes! <laughs> Don't give him the chair and let it be over quick. Well, then I found out that he that the the person took his own life. But that's my first reaction when you mess with kids. Mm -hmm. It it pushes me to a place. And so for me to consider myself as a a person with like a like a marginal marginal amount of influence, I shudder to think about the people who use that. But I mean, it's been going on for thousands of years. I mean, throughout scripture, like it happened all several times in the Old Testament, you know, Eli's sons, they 
they just, like God just had to step in. And um, David with Bathsheba, I mean, we tell the story. Took, his, if, fir- took like, his firstborn. Yeah, yeah, bro. But like we tell the story like like Bathsheba walked in the room and and it was like a date. But like like you couldn't deny the king, right? So we don't know how that, I, I mean, really, how did it play out in real time? And so uh, like well, when I do. think about like what just came out, I mean, hundreds of pages of documentation about the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah. About clergy abuse that that didn't only go ignored, but like like while they were clergy, they sexually abused somebody. And were caught and and were reassigned. The denomination knew about it. And they reassigned them. Right. And we've been seeing this in the Catholic Church for a long time. Right. Yeah. And and as 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 Protestants or evangelicals, man, we've wrung our hands, and you know I can't believe that they just t- send them to another. With the and we're not. I'm not Baptist. You're not Baptist. But at the same time, that that feels a lot closer to home than the Catholic Church because I'm not from a liturgical background, but I am from an evangelical background. So mm-hmm. now it's like I can't believe I cannot. I cannot believe that. And then when you watch this stuff about Hillsong on the Discovery Plus, and I don't know how much of that is true. Maybe they painted them in the worst possible picture, but I, I go like, like this thing about the Carl Lentz thing. Like Carl Lentz goes, like they tell the story about it, and it's like, oh, he goes to the park, sees old girl, and then he, and I go, bro, listen, like I'm 48, I've been married 26 years. I got no game. Like I used to have some game. Like I used to go up and, wax eloquent and, and maybe have a few good one-liners but bro like if i had to if i had to like get a date like i have no game homeboy been married a while and obviously had enough game <laughs> of course i don't look like carl lentz either carl lentz looks well, like a smaller version of thor but maybe that was the problem maybe that's the problem <laughs> so like i'm just looking at this this idea of this abuse in power and how is that not, I mean, derailing what it is that God is trying to do? Like, just talk specifically from the, the spiritual standpoint. How can we not expect that to derail? Well, let's go back to David. Yeah. What we know about David, if, you know, I think a lot of people know, this, just like, the basic of the story, which is uh, he saw her bathing which if you go to Jerusalem and you stand in David's palace and it's over, looking over a valley that goes to the Mount of Olives. So the valley in between has all these houses with rooftops that are like still there. Yeah. So you could totally picture him walking on like his veranda uh, looking and seeing a woman bathing on the rooftop. And he says, go get her. So here's the thing is, um, I don't know that he knew who it was from that distance. Right. But he knows her because her husband is one of his mighty men. Yeah. David has 30 mighty men. Uriah the Hittite is one of his most important soldiers. So once she gets there, oh no, that's Uriah's wife. On top of that, her grandfather is one of his royal advisors. Hmm. 
So we treat it like it's this totally unknown person. Yeah. And maybe he didn't recognize her when she was bathing on the rooftop far away. Right. He sends his men to get her, which is, you know, uh, like stop yourself. Like not, okay, you saw her bathing. It's not necessarily your fault. Yeah. Walk away, bro. Yeah. He sends his guys to go get her. Step she comes two. and she's not an unknown person. He knows exactly who she is because Uriah is one of his mighty men her, and her grandfather is one of her royal advisors, which means she's also of royal lineage. Hmm. Like she's not an unknown person. So when David writes Psalm 51 later, which is in repentance for, and it's why the prophet comes and says, Nathan, the prophet comes and says, tells him a story. So there was this guy who had lots of sheep and one of his servants had one sheep and he went and took that guy's one sheep. And this was like his kid. Like yeah. he like lived in the house with them. He fed them. He took, and David's like, whoever did that deserves to die. And the prophet says, it's you. you. man. Yeah. Chilling. But why? Because... He took, it wasn't just that he sinned against Bathsheba. It was that he also sinned against one of his mighty men. And he also sinned against one of his royal advisors. And he knew the whole time yep. what he was doing. So the story's appropriate. But at the same time, David's called a man after God's own heart in the scriptures. And when he writes Psalm 51, he says... Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, speaking to the Lord. And I've seen people recently that I know say like, how could you say that against you? He sinned against all these people. But the point of repentance is he knew exactly what he was doing. This is the struggle yeah. with power, yes. right? Is, um, is in those kind of moments, we know exactly what we're doing. And that's a bigger issue. There's whole commandments in the Torah for men specifically about what happens if you sleep with a virgin and what your responsibilities are to her. And the reason is because in the ancient Near East, you, if a man slept with a virgin, okay, so we tell our kids, you can't have sex before you're married. The problem is in the scriptures, there's no category for that because sex is marriage. Hmm. They didn't have a ceremony, and then they were married. They had sex, and that made them married. And what that means is the man was responsible for the well-being of the person he had sex with. Huh. So there's all these rules of you could dismiss, like a certificate of divorce. There's a whole conversation with Jesus about why did Moses give a certi certificate of divorce, and Jesus says, because of your hard hearts. Like there's a responsibility that men are supposed to have to care for the people around them. And we're supposed to be careful who we have sex with because we marry that person when we have sex with them. Yep. And we're responsible for their well-being. But in the casual, in our culture, there's sex has become this casual, yeah. like you can just have sex with whoever you want. Like nobody's ever said, I've had as much sex as I want. And my life is now less complicated because of it, <laughs> right? Like forget about whether the Bible right, or sin yeah, or whatever, sure. but like the more you have sex with, the more complicated your life becomes. Um, 
And so I think all that's wrapped up in like when people know what they're doing. And I think even beyond like sexual, okay, like a sexual sin like that is egregious, right? It's like, but I think there's all kinds of abuses of power that happen in our normal life cycles and positions anyone finds themselves in. Certainly. If you have any amount of power over people, there's always a tendency to use it to hurt people rather than to help people. And I think we have to be more honest with ourselves in um, why we do the things that we do and how much power actually matters to us. Yeah, there's, there's a number of lawsuits that are starting to come out uh, among people younger than us. I, I, I wouldn't know what generation that they're called in because I don't really keep track of the generation names. But where where there was this whole movement of internships for a long time, right? Like right. particularly master's commission. This is really where it, these lawsuits really have sp- sprung out of these experiences where you know these kids moved to different cities and served at churches and were part of a master's commission program or an internship program and they were like they paid money and they were supposed to be trained for ministry and now they're like well I, I really I was a janitor for two years or for three years and it didn't really prepare me for ministry and so like now they're they're filing lawsuits for their experiences while right. they're in there and, and and they're saying that the person who was in leadership they they exercised an abuse of power over me so there, yeah, that's like a spiritual. You, you look at these people in a way where I, I mean, I I have a I have a friend, bro, who it, I have to be cautious how I tell this story, but Cliff's notes version of it. I mean, you hear a lot of stories about a. I think you say his name was Cliff. I was like, no. slow down. You have a lot of story. You hear a lot of stories about a like a youth pastor who. Uh, messes with a girl in his youth ministry. Right. This youth pastor's wife messed with a boy in their youth ministry. Well, he was like 15. Right. I'm talking about full blown, multiple times over to their house. And, mm-hmm. it, and so like it just like the amount of damage that it caused to, to so many people. Yeah. But it was like she... Like he he felt a fifteen year boy. He felt like he had no choice. He had no option. He couldn't say no. And 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 we look at that and we go, oh, okay, whatever. But it's like that is still a, a, a like it's abuse. Yeah. And so like when you talk about the Bathsheba thing, what's interesting to me, what what comes into my mind, is to think that when she came in the room and he knew her, obviously she was hot. I mean, it's like maybe in my mind. I don't. I don't picture David. Maybe or he's just hungry. David, who goes? I could have any. Technically, I have any woman that I want. I've seen yeah. this woman. She must have been so spellbinding that he skips the steps. She comes in the room, and then he goes. Well, he had a problem. I, I knew her. I know her, as yeah. you say. So it makes me go. I wonder if he had developed an appetite for her yeah. before. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Like he's seen her before and right. he's he's like with his homie smoking a cigar. That's not the first time. And going, bro, Uriah's wife is so hot, bro. Yeah. And I think that that's like- these, And then his next step is he sends Uriah to the front lines. And has him, 
yeah. to die, which yes. here's the problem. The king of Israel's responsibility is to be in the front lines with his soldiers. Yeah, right. And there's a in in First Samuel when it tells a story, it says, "In the time of the year that kings, kings go, to, go war, to war, David stayed home." Yeah. That's the line right and there. And that's the whole story. Is there's so many levels, so many opportunities, um, to step back. But then he's also a man after God's own heart, which is a bit like frustrating and confusing and i think in the world's like pentecostal world that i grew up in you grew up in yeah you know the god's anointed oh yeah and and the miss and the misuse of when when we believe someone is anointed and there's all kinds of red flags but you ignore those red flags because they're the anointed of the lord yeah you know i think there's all kinds of ways we have to step back as people and you know well there's call a diff- things what they are there's a difference between developing a cult an honor a culture of honor yeah and a culture of worship yeah to where well oh man i you know this is pastor so and so and i just go like this is this is another guy he's a little he's older than you he's right. more experienced than you he knows more stuff than you and so yeah. he's naturally supposed to be passing down this kind of information, but he's not naturally supposed to be an object of your worship. And so it's right. this slippery slope of like, again, to go back to the Bathsheba thing to where I go, of course, I have a very active imagination. So so now I've like created this whole narrative in my mind. Since you said David knew her, I go, did he sit around and have conversations and talk about, and how many guys... Do we know who have sat around and had conversations? They're married. They got kids. They're talking about, oh, so-and-so is so hot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but hold up, man. I don't want to hear you. To, and, and I have, of course, if I'm friends with somebody, I don't play. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to call somebody up. So it's like, bro, man. And I have had these conversations. Bro, like, what? you're married, man. Like, And it's not that you don't still think – that people are beautiful or it's that- the little comments too of like remember a bunch of pastors started quoting Ricky Bobby and calling their wives smoking hot right yeah you know like I did it and my wife got mad at me and she <laughs> should have cause just why would I describe my wife that way yep you know I thought it was funny but it wasn't funny when and you're then, drawing attention to and her and then somebody else called her that in like conversation like your smoking hot wife yeah and it was like, oh right, no, I'm allowed to wait a minute. You're not. Yeah. Or am I allowed to? I probably yeah. shouldn't. Right. Like there's an, and I think culturally, like even with, when we think about, you know, when it's reverse, like the, the boy with the young boy with the yeah. woman. Yep. I think there's parts in our, of our culture that are like, oh yeah. Like, oh, come on. Well, how could that be abuse? Like, yeah. and every guy, kind of want like yeah like you when know, you hear when about a boy who got, you have sexual fantasies about yeah. your teacher yep what is right? he gonna say that and if you great. actually sleep with your teacher that's like high five yeah right like i think there's parts in our culture that we have to address you know which is the me too movement a few years ago like i think ignoring all of that and pretending it doesn't exist when it clearly does and has yeah. for a long time it's still damaging whether yeah. whether it's this a teacher messing with her with her male student that's still yeah. damaging that still unlocks totally. something that was never meant to be unlocked totally. like the, and to your point of 
that sex equals marriage that we don't have that kind of like sex is so casual. It's so yeah. cliche now in our culture where you go, bro, there's a soul tie. You are connected to that person. Yeah, I mean, I run into, when I'm in, take people through premarital over the last maybe 10 years, I don't know that I've ever, I don't run into couples who are believers that haven't already slept with each other. Wow. Like everybody does. And it's, there's a shift in the believing culture of like, well, it's not that big of a deal because we're going to get married anyway. Yeah. Well, no, it's still a big deal yeah. because of what you're creating. You're making commitment before the commitment or you're not, which is even worse. You're just, you know, so I think there's, there's all kinds of issues around sexuality. Yeah. And, you know, sex in general in the church, but also in culture that are, I think, are really hard to navigate. Yeah, my my best friend and his wife were both virgins when they got married. He's my age. It, that was, he's been married 25 years. That was so, like, out of the blue. And it, and and then if you tell people that, they are like, I, I, he's probably, like, he was he's six foot three. He's uh, was the Pistol Pete Maravich basketball player of the year in college. His right. wife was a legitimate runway model all over the world. And they were both beautiful people mm -hmm. who decided that they were going to wait. My sister-in-law season and, and, uh, her husband, Brian, they were like, they were, they were both pure when they got married. And it is like so uncommon. Yeah. And it almost like when we talk to our kids about it, they feel like it almost creates pressure yeah, on them. But there's a stark difference between somebody going, I'm going to sleep with my girlfriend and somebody having their pastor or a politician yeah. or a teacher yeah. draw them into a room and, and make them feel this pressure. And then they live underneath this constant uh, oppression, if you would, mm -hmm. for the rest of their lives questioning. Like I, I go like, how would a person even come back to being in alignment spiritually. Like how do you even redevelop that, that level of trust? But in the fact of saying like, this is a tainted, tainted person and, and developing. And I mean, Sonny and I, I mean, we have a whole ministry now for people who have fallen in ministry, mm -hmm. where there's enough of those people, but it's the ones that, that never confess the ones that even, when they're caught, they don't they don't come out and say like they they're making excuses for it or they're blaming somebody else or well it was you know, induced by this or that it, right. it's just like no there's people that make it Bathsheba's fault oh yeah she shouldn't have been bathing yeah. on the roof man go, well why that's where the tub was like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was her fault no so in this issue of it whether it be Hollywood or whether it be I think we have to get to a point. And I don't want to sound misogynistic. We have to get to the point as men where we do hold one another accountable, right? So like I, you know, I work with young uh, guys in their 20s and they have lots of money and they have access to anything that they want. Right. And I've been taking them through like a little devotional series on sexuality. It's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's awkward. Mm -hmm. Like I'm an old man. Like I'm old <laughs> enough to be their father, right? And I talked to them. I talked to them about pornography. I talked to them. I did like a whole talk on 
pornography, masturbation, uh, premarital sex, extramarital sex. And dude, the number of guys, especially when I talked about the pornography thing, the number of those guys who, and I just said to them, here's the point of this message. Like, I'm not giving this talk because I want you to think that you're filthy. I, I'm giving you this talk because I, I want to help you because I love you. And I, I want I want to be here as a source for you. And so we came up with like a little code thing that I'm, I'm like, for any of you who want me to check in on you, here's, just let me know. And this will be what I'll say to you. This is what I'll, how I'll ask you. And the, the majority of them, 75% of them were like, I have a problem with it and I want you to help me with it. And so- I, I just saw one of these guys on Monday, mm-hmm. and I, and I, you know, how you doing, man? I'm, it's hit or miss. I'm like, okay. I said, well, when you feel the urge, mm-hmm. Facetime me. It's like awkward. he goes, bro. That's so awkward. I said, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I said, because you're not gonna watch porn if I'm in the room, are you? Right. You're not gonna. You're not going to play with yourself if I'm in the room. Hopefully not. Like, right? Okay. Right. right? So FaceTime me. Hopefully. Do whatever it is you have to do to avoid that. And yeah. let's position ourselves in people's lives and call people accountable, bro. Like when people make those kind of comments, like, like let's, yeah. let's get the courage. Well, and back to, you know, a few episodes ago, we had a conversation about mental health. These things don't come out of vacuum. Like they don't come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. There's deeper stuff. We we often are treating, we're like trying to treat the thing. Like I have a porn addiction and I need to treat it. Yeah. But the question is, why do you have one in the first place? Mm-hmm. Like what's underneath? This is back to the, you know, something happened in adolescence that made you become a person who needs power. Yeah to use power over others, right? To exercise power over others. Yeah. Probably because at some point as a kid, you had no power, Hmm. right? So how do you, through counseling, therapy, like how do you dig deeper into, I think we feel so gross about the problem that we don't dig down deep enough to what's underneath the problem and you find something I think you often find pretty simple vows and commitments that we made when we were kids Mm. that we didn't even know we made that affect our decisions for the rest of our lives and become you know we exercise power over others whether it's like a sin issue like sex and abuse or even just not treating people well because I'm the guy in charge and uh, and I'm going to exercise power. You're here to serve me. Right. Yeah. You know, which I've struggled with. I mean, I've been open about my, my last three years in counseling is trying to figure out why I lead the way that I lead. Mm. And, you know, there were things in my life where I didn't have power, so I exercised power over others. I feel awful. But I didn't realize that I was still doing it. I'm not doing it sexually, but I was exercising power in all kinds of other ways. That then I, you attributed it as God, like we're going to do this to build our congregation. 
when really I was just doing it to build my own ego. Hmm. But you don't, nobody wants to, you know, it's hard to have conversations about that. Um, but I think there's an honesty in, I think we all, whatever level, whatever sphere of influence you have, we all have issues with power. Not to dismiss the, the sexual sin that's real and the ways that people are abusing people and they should not be in ministry and they should not be doing the things they're doing. And we have to kind of deal with those things as a, as a body of believers. And if we understand the Torah, which is always, <laughs> I mean, I'm a rabbi. Yeah. So, so always goes back to the Torah. <laughs> but, you know, if we understood the role of what it, part of being a man is not exercising power over others. Hmm. It's living sacrificially and being more concerned for the needs of others than yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's so much harder to do. Um, than I feel like anybody really talks about. It's so much harder when, especially when you're not committing those sins. Yeah. You know, you're not stealing money. You're not having sex with people other than your spouse, but you're, you know, a, an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Right. One guy called it, I heard one guy called it assholiness. It's, uh, it's when you're so holy that you become an asshole That's so and you're just mean to everybody. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I've been guilty of that hmm. and I have to own it and try to repent for it. I try to sit down with people that I know I've done that to and have conversations, but the pain's still there. Yeah. You know, but some of that pain that you're inflicting is coming through pain that's been inflicted on you and not so, dealt with. Yeah. And right. So when you talk Undealt about dealt with pain, you talk about drama, this, this idea of, of that, you know, a, a, part of being a man from the Torah, yeah. it, it kind of sounds like the words of another rabbi who said, this rabbi, the son of man, right? he came not to be served, but to serve. Right. And so the, this, the this, whole imagery of the incarnation uh, is incredible yeah. that he has no beginning and no end, but he chose to be born as a human being and offer himself as a sacrifice for... If we're made in the image of God, the only image that God has, Paul says that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God, right? So yep. the Father has no image. The Holy Spirit has no image other than the person of Jesus. That image has always existed as God. Mm. But there's a moment in history where that image also becomes a man. Yeah. So we're made in his image. We look the way that we look because that's the way he looks. Ears, eyes, nose, organs, whatever. Um but then he comes in our image, which is based on his image, yeah. and then gives up his authority for a time um, to not exercise power over people, but offer himself as a yeah. sacrifice. And that's the example, you know, First Peter chapter 2, it's the example that we're supposed to follow. Um, but, you know, that's, that's a tough... It's so much harder to do yep. than anybody ever really talks about. Right. Because we need to make it sound like for our own jobs and the people that follow us, right? We have to make it sound like we're very sacrificial. Yeah. Like some of that's a culture problem. Yeah. Some of that's expectation problem. Um, but, you know, there's also a responsibility to make sure that 
we're dealing with our stuff so that the stuff doesn't turn into other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that our abuse doesn't become further abuse. The yeah. abuse on us doesn't become abuse on someone else. And I think that a lot of guys are doing that. They're just, they're just paying it forward, but in the wrong way. Right. And so what we need is people who are around us who will call us to account. That's Jesus was incredible at that, obviously with his disciples and, uh, the the more real we can be, the more uh, open we can be, the more genuine we can be. And so there may be people that are listening to this who you've been abused, and you know, from two clergymen to you, our hearts go out to you. We wholeheartedly and humbly apologize for the uh, for the actions of of people who presented themselves to be in this kind of position. But then for those who are listening, who, who are, who are in a position of power and have done something or are in danger of doing something, we, we sure would love for you to reach out to us and let us help you. Let us provide some sort of level of accountability. And, uh, uh we've, we've got our own ministry, um, the exchange collaborative, that is in the business of restoring wounded pastors. And so we hate that people are abusing their power, but people are, but don't give up on God. Don't give up on Jesus because that's not, that's not his heart. Yeah. First Peter chapter two says, uh, for you were called to this because Messiah suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his footsteps. He committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. When he was abused, he did not return the abuse. While suffering, he made no threats. Instead, he kept entrusting himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we removed from sin might live for righteousness. And then quoting Isaiah says, by his wounds, you were healed, which my wife said to me not too long ago. It's a really cool insight. When Isaiah says that he binds our wounds, Laura said, I think what we always want and what we always hear about is our, is things being healed instantly. But the whole idea of Jesus binding our wounds is that he wraps them Wow. In order for them to heal. Come on. But it takes time and rewrapping. You got to take the old bandage off, put a new bandage on. Bro. And that's what Jesus does is he sits with us in the pain and he keeps wrapping the wound so that the wound can heal. But we're looking for like, take this away from me. Take it away now. Yeah. And it's like, no, I'm not going to take it away now because we got to go through this process mm. and it's going to be super painful and it's going to be awful. It's going to be all kinds of hell as yeah. you work through the pain of wrapping and rewrapping a wound. But he doesn't just heal. I, I think he does sometimes, Yeah. but often I think he doesn't heal instantly. He keeps binding the wound so that eventually it heals. I love it. So with that, we love you and pray healing for you. 